Hello and welcome to the Black Arrow's Employment Team podcast, where you have your very own employment lawyer in your pocket. My name is Simon Ellis and I'm head of Black Arrow's Employment Team. This podcast is aimed at managers and business owners and aims to help you navigate the murky and often contentious world of employment law. Welcome to season two, where we're answering your Twitter questions. How to be a good witness, how to manage your apprentices, how to do social media. We will answer these questions as fully as we can. Our aim in this season is to answer your Twitter questions from start to finish, making sure you keep in touch with the law. Welcome to episode six of season two in our how-to series of podcasts. I'm joined by Jack Boyle this morning. Hi, Jack. How are you doing today? Hi, Si. I am A-OK. What about yourself? <laughs> I'm doing fine. Just fine? <laughs> Just doing fine. That's poor, Simon. You need to be more positive. <laughs> I am doing great. Thanks for asking me. OK, today's question is how to manage your apprentices. It's been tweeted in by Henderson Logie. Jack, what job at Henderson Logie? It's a great question from our friends at Henderson Logie. I like the question. Good question. It's a good one. The modern forward-thinking accountancy firm who invest in their staff and particularly young people. I think it's a very relevant question for them because they have their annual intake of chartered accountant and tax trainees each year. So chat about apprentices, I would say, is particularly relevant. Okay. So the precise question to be tweeted in is, do apprentices have different rights to employees? If so, what is the difference? Okay. How How should we tackle this one today, Jack? I reckon we should, first of all, talk about the different rights between apprentices and employees. Okay. And then secondly, we can explain a little bit about how, if at all possible, to dismiss an apprentice. Okay, that makes sense to me. Can we talk about how to dismiss Richard, the trainee? Well, he's not here, so I mean, I guess <laughs> some, we're going to have to have that discussion at some point. <laughs> Sometime soon. Okay, so let's talk about the differences between apprentices and employees. Jack, what are the main differences? Well, there are a few. Okay. First one I would say for apprentices, usually, uh, usually, although sometimes employees are on fixed term contracts, that's the exception rather than the norm. But okay. apprentices, they're always on a fixed term contract. So okay. two years, four years. Fixed term contract. Check. Check. What else? Main purpose of that contract is training. So unlike your employees who are main purpose is service or work to the master, you like that, the master? The master, okay. Um, the apprentices are different. Their main purpose is training. Okay, so training, training, check. Tripartite. Okay. Do you like that word? What, is that? <laughs> what does that mean, tripartite? tripartite? What does it mean? I always struggle with that one, but I think what it means is an you agreement. Think? No, I know, I know. <laughs> Good. An agreement which has three parties to it. Okay. And that's like so... Well, think of us. When okay. you were, a tra- when were it, how long ago when you were a trainee? Oh, 1954. <laughs> years and years ago. That was before they even had the Law Society. <laughs> come on, Jack. Come on. Come on. So tripartite, what does that mean? That would be like, so my training contract yes. was between Jack Boyle. Yes. Blackadders LLP. Yes. And Law Society of Scotland. Okay. So the third party to the um, contract is Law Society of Scotland in your case. Yep. So they're like the overall training body. Ah, Okay. I'm very happy with that. So three things, um, fixed term, check, training, check, and lastly, tripartite. Check. Like that. Okay, that makes sense. To say, while we're on the chat about trainee solicitors, yes. who is your all-time favourite trainee? <laughs> Who's my favourite trainee of all time? 
Well, I would have to say it's the chain that came in with a skinhead and said to me on Monday morning that it was for charity. <laughs> Who was that? It wasn't me. <laughs> it was definitely you. Do you remember that story? I do remember the story. And what did yeah. you say? I said it was for charity. And what was the real reason? The real reason was Brewdog, six pints and a razor. <laughs> what an idiot. <laughs> but he's my favourite trainee ever, ever, ever. Okay, so how to manage apprentices. I start with a cautionary tale of Newell against Gilliam Corporation. It's quite an old case. Older than you? <laughs> it's 1941. Ancient. <laughs> Much older than well. How old were you then? <laughs> Ten. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so in this case, um, Gilliam Corporation employed an apprentice, Mr. Newell. The contract permitted the employer to dismiss the apprentice if he should be willfully disobedient, slothful, negligent, or otherwise grossly misbehave himself. <laughs> Sounds a bit like Richard. <laughs> Doesn't it, though? Doesn't it? <laughs> So Mr. Newell was registered as a conscientious objector. So that timing is 1941. What would you make of that? 41. I think that is slap bang in the middle of World War II. Okay. So it was a difficult time for the employer to deal with a conscientious objector. Uh, Mr. Newell was pro-German. He was always saying Germans are going to win, British are going to lose, and he was basically poo-pooing arguments um, made by the employer. What's poo-poo? <laughs> Poo-poo. <laughs> I've never heard that one before. You have so. Um, so the judge said in the judgment, these are things which show what a humbug the man was. His conduct was most irritating to his fellow workmen and led to a loss of the employer's time. So the employer chose to dismiss Mr Newell. Mr Newell brought a claim for wrongful dismissal and succeeded. So even though he poo-pooed his manager, that means expressing contempt or impatience, and even though he was a humbug, and even though his conduct was most irritating to his colleagues and led to loss to the employer's time, the dismissal was wrongful, and Mr Newell managed to claim compensation. Now, if he'd been an employee, the dismissal, I think, would have been fair. However, because he was an apprentice, and the purpose of the contract was training, not service to the employer, his dismissal was unfair. So basically, the message from this case is that apprentices have more rights than standard employees. Mr Newell's claim was successful. So it's still good law today. Wow, that's pretty scary stuff for the employer. Basically, the apprentice requires to be unteachable before you can properly dismiss him or her. Yeah, and I've dug out, sort of Blue Peter style, before we came on the air today, <laughs> okay. I've actually dug out a quote from not quite so old a case, I think about 20 years ago. Oh, I was just a... Was I born then? I know I was just... Just, I think I was in nappies. <laughs> I was about 50 at the time. <laughs> okay, let's hear this quote, Jack. Right. And I think this is a good quote. It sort of hits the nail on the head. Okay. You ready for it? Yes, go. Where an employee might expect to be dismissed for misconduct, an apprentice can expect to be punished. Though today, not physically, of course. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. For Richard. <laughs> the difference in treatment reflects the difference in the nature of the relationship. Most particularly, a lower contract of apprenticeship can be brought to an end by some fundamental, frustrating event or repudiatory act. It is not terminable at will. Okay, so that kind of basically says it's very hard to dismiss an apprentice, I think. Is that so, right? Yep, totally. So if you sack an apprentice, what can they claim for in your view? In my view, apprentices could claim, if they've got two years continuous employment, they could claim unfair dismissal. Okay. If they don't, then they could claim breach of contract. Okay. And I suppose the eye-watering thing about that is that if they win their case, 
they can potentially claim for compensation for wages right up to what would have been the end of their fixed term contract. Wow, so potentially you get up to four years or whatever the contract is contracted for, I see. Yep, exactly. What's Richard on just now? Richard, I think he's on about, he's into his second year. Oh, man. So we'd need to pay him about 11 months' pay. Holy smokes. Just peanuts, though, for us. Peanuts out of your drawings. (laughs) Come on, Jack. (laughs) Okay. So, Um, and also, the real scary thing is that four years' compensation to the end of the apprenticeship, they can even, in some cases, get what is known as loss of career prospects. Okay. So, you know, really high stakes if you get it wrong with an apprentice. Okay, okay. So how can you tell if someone's an apprentice or not? What would you say, Jack, to that question? First of all, take a peek at the contract or any document. A peek. A wee peek, a wee <laughs> sneaky peek. Okay. And see if the word apprentice actually features in there anywhere. Okay. You know, if the person is labelled as apprentice, law won't be conclusive. It's pretty highly persuasive that that's what they are. What someone's labelled as a trainee apprentice? I think that would count as well. Yeah. I'm pretty sure... I was labelled as a trainee in my agreement. You okay. would have been an apprentice back in your day. <laughs> Jack, but I, I would not. I was Come on, get on with it. Come on. What else can you tell if someone's an apprentice or not? If they're likely to attend college, okay. again, I would say that's a good indication that they are um, going to be an apprentice. Okay. Okay, that makes sense. Watch out for any reference to the English statutory framework. Down in England, they've got a different arrangement for apprentices. So okay. that if you see that up here in Scotland, it's it's out of place. Okay, so it shouldn't be in a Scottish contract, shouldn't, you say? Shouldn't be. Apprentices in Scotland are based on common law. Okay, okay. So have to be unteachable before you can dismiss them, I suppose, is what we're saying. Have to be unteachable. Okay. And also, if you want to make them redundant, that is equally difficult, unless the apprenticeship agreement has a clause that allows for redundancy. Is that right, really? Yeah, that's. it seems unfair, but, you know, because in normal employment contract, you don't yep. need to say, uh, might make you redundant if work um, dries up. But for an apprentice, apparently you do need to have that clause or it would be an unfair dismissal. That makes sense to me. Okay, so that covers episode six in season two of our How To Series of Podcasts. That was How To Manage Your Apprentices. Let's give our three takeaway tips. Tip number one, Jack. Make sure that if you label someone as an apprentice, you actually mean it. Okay, so you make sure someone's an apprentice, that's, that carries various rights and responsibilities and make sure you want to make them an apprentice or not. Yeah, exactly. Tip number two. Tip number two, remember that apprentices carry much more rights than a standard employee. So if you take on an apprentice, you are taking on a degree of liability there. Okay. Um, tip number three. Final tip. If you're involved in drafting contracts for apprentices, do make sure to include a clause that allows for termination of the apprenticeship, for example, by reason of redundancy or by reason of misconduct. Not sure if our contracts provide for Richard being dismissed on the basis of redundancy, do they? Well, out with that checkbook, Simon. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so that covers episode six. That's the end of our podcast. Good stuff. Uh, Before we finish, Simon, I'm just going to ask, who's your... We've checked out your best trainee, me, obviously. Yep. Who's your worst trainee? Can I say you two? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. I'm going to pick... Um, I'm going to pick Sam Tarley, Game of Thrones. Do you know him? I know him. Why is he bad? He's groovy. I think that's harsh. He's an awful guy. <laughs> I hate him. He's a big, useless lump. But he fits into your definition of an apprentice. He is training. Yep. Check. Fixed term contract. Check. Check. Tripartite. 
it's um, the maester of the citadel. Um, so I'd say he would fit into our, my apprentice, the worst ever apprentice, is Sam Tarley. Poor Sam. Do you want to hear my impression? Shoot. <laughs> Let me get into the character first of all. Hold on. Morning, Master John. Is like that? I like that. That's good, yeah. Morning, Master Frodo. It's not the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> it could be. You another need, apprentice. Another you meant Hodor. <laughs> okay, so that ends um, episode six. How far have I got the Game of Thrones anyway? What series are you on I Game just, of Thrones? Recently, I just polished off the box set of season six. I got it on cheap in Tesco. Very good. I'm on season seven. You don't like season seven, to be fair. Spoiler alert. Don't do it. Poor Sam. <laughs> Poor Sam Tarly. He dies. <laughs> no, he dies. No, he doesn't. He dies. Don't wind me up. <laughs> okay, cheers and cheerio. Cheers. Thanks for listening. We hope you found that useful. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to our other episodes of Employment Lawyer in your pocket. If you'd like to give us a review on iTunes, we'd be most, most grateful. I haven't said this for a while, so <laughs> here goes. If you want help with your slackers, call Sai at Black Arrows. Cheers and cheerio. Thank you.